This is Christmas. Mm. What's that? So this is Christmas. No, sing it. So this, this is Christmas. Christmas. Or I was thinking of that other. So this is Christmas. What have you done? From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road. From I-5 to Highway 99. Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for December 9th, 2013. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. We'd love to hear your comments and your suggestions and feedback. Call or text our listener line at 565-3229 or send them to podcaststockton at gmail.com. We're excited to bring you the first part in a series of interviews with the new folks over at The Thunder. We're joined on today's show by Brandon Kisker and Caleb Lamb, the new voices of the Stockton Thunder. And Matt and Greg and I talk about our favorite holiday memories in Stockton. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And a new one just begun And so this is Christmas We are joined in the studio today by Caleb Lamb and Brandon Kisker from the Stockton Thunder. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in the studio today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. Glad to be here. And we are uh, we are Thunder fans on the show, and we are certainly uh, Thunder fans in the city, as I'm sure you have already you've already discovered. Let's let's start off, you know, right away. And and you, you guys are new to the area, um, so we don't know much about you. Why don't you why don't you tell us how, how you got uh, started doing broadcasting and media relations for a hockey team? Well, it's a it's a very difficult start to this. There's thousands and thousands of people throughout the nation and even Canada, especially for us because of hockey, that want these jobs. So it's a very difficult thing to do. And a lot of times it's one of those things you just have to have as much experience as possible. And I think I can speak for both of us when I say that it was during college, it wasn't so much about learning everything in the classroom. A lot of times, most of the learning you had to do was out doing actual play-by-play or doing broadcasts or making videos. So for me, I went to the University of Cincinnati, go Bearcats, and uh, we we had a lot of fun there. I was uh, went to a program called Electronic Media, which most of the people there are actually uh, going there to try and record bands, or a lot of them end up moving out to L.A. and, and trying to make it in Hollywood. I was kind of the oddball that liked doing sports. There was only a few of us, but we had a radio station, and I got involved there, and, and then I started taking on more and more play-by-play experiences with our various teams in the University of Cincinnati, and then I found out that we had a club hockey team, and they needed a volunteer to do all of their games, and that's what I did, and I did that for a couple years before I was able to kind of parlay that experience I had with them to an internship with the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning, so... It was uh, it was really fun, and I know when I, as Caleb is going to talk a little bit about himself here, I know that the the coolest thing for me is that 
he had actually worked in the same organization that I worked in when his with his internship. Yeah, for uh, for me, it was a very similar thing. Uh, growing up, uh, broadcasting was always something I wanted to do. Uh, from a very young age, wanted to be a play-by-play announcer. Really enjoyed, you know, miming and mimicking calls of uh, different sports. Uh, for me, oddly enough, it was NASCAR racing. That was that was the only sport my dad really enjoyed. So that was the uh, the sport I kind of. How does one call a NASCAR with. race? It's very difficult. It's a lot of Daryl Waltrip into turn three, gets underneath a Jarrett side by side. They battle door to door down the back stretch, and Jarrett pulls ahead as they go into. Turn Turn number two, that kind of whole thing. <laughs> okay, so you say turn left a lot too. You you would try to avoid saying turn left, okay. but uh, but uh, in high school, uh, I worked uh, at a radio station doing play by play for uh, high school basketball, uh, football, baseball, and then uh, also worked at uh, at the local auto racing track. So I did play by play there for uh, for two years. Uh, got to have some fun, met a couple NASCAR drivers that came and raced at, uh, at our premier event. And I was, you know, I was hooked. I knew that's what I wanted to do. So, uh, I went to Syracuse university, which has uh, a very, uh, his- just a, a very good, well-balanced, uh, sports broadcasting program. I guess I shouldn't say sports broadcasting program. They've got a very good, uh, a very good college in the SI Newhouse school of public communications, but on top of that, they have a lot of people that have come through the ranks that are now professional sportscasters. So it was a really good environment. They had, uh, you know, a student radio station, two of which actually that uh, did sports, uh, an HD television station. Uh, all these are student run. Uh, so you've got all these great opportunities. But on top of that, you've also got, you know, all the other, you know, up and coming brightest young sportscasters in the nation coming to the same school as you. Everybody fighting for the same spots. Uh, in a way, I lucked out because being uh, mostly a hockey and soccer guy, uh, surprisingly, those are not the two most popular sports among broadcasters. And you wouldn't think so because today. it's Syracuse. It's they like hockey up there. They, they like their hockey, but there's no no college hockey. So it was all about basketball and football and baseball for most of uh, most of my classmates. So I was able to kind of carve out a little niche for myself. Uh, as a freshman, started uh, started calling hockey games for one of the junior teams uh, in the city, and uh, I kind of tried to build and add on another layer each year. So my sophomore year, I did two teams. Uh, my junior year, I did three teams. And then my senior year, I kind of just went crazy and uh, did a whole bunch of different things. Two junior teams, uh, the women's uh NCAA Division One team at SU, and also the Crunch in the AHL. I interned for them, which uh, was the affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning in the AHL. Uh, so I got to got to have some really cool experiences with that. Got to call some games actually as the season went along, including uh, a couple of games in the Calder Cup Finals, uh, which was a lot of fun. I was uh, really excited to do that. Called them on the NHL Network in front of this huge, you know, national audience. Uh, unfortunately, much like Stockton uh, this past season, the Crunch also came up short in the finals of, uh, of their uh, championship. So couldn't bring home that cup. I was a little bit disappointed. So I kind of understand what Thunder fans are going, uh, going through and really, would really like to uh, kind of reverse that, put a, put a great end to the season uh, for this year. Yeah, and as someone from Buffalo, I know what disappointment feels like as well in sports. So between the Bills and the Sabres, I've had my fair share. Don't don't start with the wide right and wide left stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I know disappointment as well. So hopefully we turn that around. And so far, the beginning of the season has been pretty solid, I think. It's been so. a lot of fun. I should mention, since you're talking about being from Buffalo, uh, I originally hail from Maine. Uh, so a very long ways away. Uh, 
And, you know, growing up in Maine, there's not really that much to do professional sports-wise, unfortunately. Uh, you know, everything's, you know, Boston. Everyone kind of groups New England as one little place. But when you're that far away from, like, Massachusetts and stuff, you kind of have to go elsewhere uh, for your sports. So I was very much a local guy, you know. Uh, you just you get play-by-play reps by, you know, playing pond hockey with uh, with your ice hockey team when you guys can't get ice time, so you do that. You uh, might have to explain what pond hockey is. I don't know if they know what pond I, hockey is. It doesn't get much snow out Do you guys there. have real ice? Ever seen? No? Okay. Well, no. yeah. Uh, no, in Maine, we've got we've, – it's much, much colder. Uh, so that's one thing I'm actually, uh, I'm actually looking forward to. Go from Maine to Syracuse, which gets, like, you know, one of the highest snowfalls in the country. So now out to a nice warm place. Although I gotta say, like the cross, the cross country drive, uh, all 3,600 miles, that just about did me in. Well, when you have a 1987 Pontiac with awesome racing stripes. 1987 Pontiac Grand Am for the win. If only it didn't break down about <laughs> FTW. That's a hashtag FTW. Take notes right there. That's the right. car literally did break down four times on the way here, though, oh. and just each time, like more depressingly, as I got closer and closer. The first time was in Iowa, and then. <laughs> It was just, the car was just creeping and crawling its way to Stockton. But I eventually got here. Well, we're glad you made it. We're glad you got here. You know, you guys have been around the sport a lot. And so I'm wondering, what do you think? Do Stockton fans know their hockey? What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, you know what? I, I Coming from, from a place in Buffalo where it's, everyone knows about the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I grew up mostly in Cincinnati, so... We had the Cyclones, still have the Cyclones. They're they're definitely one of the ECHL's most successful franchises in recent memory. Um, hockey's not as big in Cincinnati. They have kind of a, a niche, I guess. There's a lot of ho- There's actually quite a few hockey rinks. I know that uh, we have Oak Park here, uh, but in Cincinnati we have three rinks, wow. including the Cincinnati Gardens, which is really cool because it's modeled after the old uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, and it was built a long, long time ago and there's been a number of different professional teams that have come through Cincinnati, but they never stick. The Cyclones have been the only one that have kind of stuck in Cincinnati. However, there are actually this is the second version because interesting little tidbit for anyone who may not know <laughs> is the Cincinnati Cyclones, the original ECHL Cincinnati Cyclones, they are now the Stockton Thunder. So they had come here and they relocated. Originally, they were originally in Cincinnati and then they moved over i believe to was atlantic city and then to birmingham and then to here i believe so it's kind of kind of a unique situation there uh but yeah it's there's cool stuff i mean i i think that uh the fans here that i've met so far mm-hmm. they they know their hockey that it's it's impressive for for a place that doesn't know an awful lot or doesn't shouldn't know an awful lot about hockey because there's not really any teams, any, any NHL teams here for an extended amount of time. Uh, but fans that I've talked to, they know the game. Uh, they know the players. They're extremely passionate about, about their guys. And they're, they're, they definitely have let us know if there's something that we need to improve on, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, Honesty is always my favorite thing. So if there's something that, we're, that we need, can, can do better as an organization as a whole, be it something with the players, a promotion that we do, or our broadcast. It's always great to hear um, both positive and negative feedback so that we can change things and make sure that fans know what they want. But um, so far, I think their hockey knowledge has been pretty good, wouldn't you? Would you Would you agree? It's one of those things I don't think I expected. When you look at Stockton on a map, uh, and especially for me, it's a long ways away <laughs> looking at that map. 
uh, the one thing I noticed is up north, you've got Sacramento. So you got Kings, NBA basketball, pretty, you'd assume a, a pretty uh, popular draw. Over to the west, you've got, you know, San Jose, San Francisco, where there's all these other sports options, and of course, Oakland. So everything <coughs> surrounding this area, all these, you know, professional, highest level sports organizations to be a fan of and listen to. So you would think that, you know, the the local hockey team would get overlooked to some extent, but, you know, that's not the case from what uh, from what we found. We've seen the fans come out in very large numbers, uh, especially at the start of the season, just to, you know, get involved in all the things going on. Thunder Goes Pink weekend, uh, the banner-raising night uh, for uh, for the inaugural season game. Uh, it's It's been interesting to see, you know, just how much support there is in the community when you go out and you know every restaurant's got a thunder jersey hanging up or you know you see all these fans come down and you know they're not just looking for family entertainment you know something to take their kids to that's a part of it but they're also looking to see the thunder win that's that's their main uh their main passion uh for why they come out to the games they're behind this team they want to see them do well so i think it's been great uh, and it's been uh, it's been a nice surprise, uh, especially for you know the warmer climate. You hear all those stories about you know warmer climate, winter sports. You know you wouldn't think they work, but it works. Uh, it works in this city particularly well. So, in addition to calling games, you guys have other responsibilities around media relations, social media, and that kind of stuff. What what are your goals with social media and traditional media? Uh, is it just to just for outreach, just to get more ticket sales? What's what's your uh what, what, what are your thoughts on social media? Well, we'll hear from we hear from our team president all the time. You know, the goal is sell, sell, sell. You gotta, you know, that's it's you know it's a sports franchise. That's what you have to do. You have to you have to sell tickets. You got to make money for the franchise. But a lot of our goal is kind of figuring out a way to balance that and add some some additional excitement and enjoyment to the game for the fans. So. For social media, we've got you know the ability to give updates on the games, to engage fans, uh, you know, with interesting uh, interesting posts about you know players and their information, their livelihoods, you know, cool photos that we're able uh, to get an opportunity to to come across and take, uh, and then also of course you know uh, the feature stories, you know, not just tidbit, but really going in depth uh, on uh, on some of these players and you know what what they've experienced coming uh, to become professional hockey players where they are now. So. I've really enjoyed that. That's always one of my big goals is, you know, to be a storyteller. You know, that's your job is to is to better connect the fans with the players that represent their team. So they really do feel like they are their team, because especially at this level, there's so much turnover from season to season. You know, coming into this year, only nine players returning from the team that went to the Kelly Cup finals last year. So you've got all these new faces to try and learn uh, and try to you know figure out the it's important that the crest on the front doesn't change, but you know, when you can find those, those new fan favorites, uh, to go along with the, uh, the long time, uh, steady guys like Garrett Hunt and Ryan Constant who have been around here forever. Uh, and I think we've seen that a little bit, you know, uh, especially at the start of the season, a guy like Mike Dahlhusen, uh, really, uh, has endeared himself to the fans quite a bit. Uh, so it's, it's nice to be able to help, uh, expediate that process a little bit so it doesn't take as long, you know, for the fans to have to come out, watch the guys, and, you know, start to figure out who they're going to like. And I, I think also one of the goals in social media, and sometimes people don't understand this, that that we really do look at every comment and every like and every message that we get. And 
we really try and, and make sure that if there's a, a problem, if a fan has an issue or a fan has a question about something, it's answered and that their issue or their problem is resolved. And some sports franchises, I think, you know, just looking at other things, you don't get responses and replies like you would normally. And that's one of the things that I've tried doing is making sure that our, our fans are aware that their voices are heard, that they are important to us, that we really do look at every single thing that's posted on there and make sure that we're giving them what they want, that we're supplying them with the coverage they want, and if there's something that we're not doing, how we can do it. Uh, an example, earlier in the season, Pink Weekend, uh, we have the ice obviously just got shaved off and it's sitting in the, the loading dock. Took a couple pictures of it, fans loved it. One of our fans suggested to package it and sell it to uh, you know as a as a gift you know put it in a bottle and then package the pink ice now it's obviously not going to be ice it's going to be pink water right. but it's kind of cool to know that it was ice so i i literally looked at that i hopped up i took my powerade bottle dumped the rest of it out went over there and grabbed powerade to see what exactly it would look like in a bottle after it melted and uh it, it was pretty cool so you know if if it's something that we can do which i then took a 10 gallon bucket and then put as much snow as I possibly could in it if it's something that we can do and that we can do for fans and and especially if we can make a couple extra bucks for the the St. Joseph's Foundation Breast Health Services which was the beneficiary of Thunder Goes Pink this year uh, the eighth annual version uh, of the event our first though very fun by the way uh, it would be great I mean it's a great thing and if fans would love something like that a little keepsake to remember Thunder goes pink eight. Why not give it to him? And it was a great suggestion by a fan that I didn't think of. Our team president didn't think of. Our marketing people didn't think of. Our ticket sales. It was a fan who thought of it, and it was a great idea. And we'll see if it happens. And I guess uh, to kind of give you a, a little bit more in-depth answer to your question there about uh, some of the day-to-day -day stuff is we describe the fun things. I mean, this is stuff that we enjoy doing is you know yeah. the fan interaction. But there is a lot of tedious stuff that comes along with it, unfortunately. Uh, you know, you've got the you know you've got the the day in day out grind of managing the website, of constantly updating stats game after game. There's so many numbers to go through and things like that. Uh, so you got to stay on top of that. You've got to make sure you're getting that off to all the other media outlets that you're going to be dealing with uh, as you go on to your next game. Each you know new team that you've got coming up on the schedule's got to be updated on how things are going. You've got to schedule and do your interviews, uh, you know, for the paper for TV if they want them. You've also got to do the interviews for yourself as well, so you have content to do uh, on the website. You've got to design the nightly notes game program. We've got we've got to get that done before each game. Uh, and then along the way, uh, you've also got to remember uh, to take some time to eat lunch and get more than a couple hours of sleep each night, which we did not yeah. do a very good job of when we first got No, here. I'm still not eating very regularly. And I know that some fans may think that we really just show up on game days and broadcast the game, but we're not in the NHL, so we do lots of other things. And, and to start the season, especially because we were brought in a little later uh, than I know that our, the, the organization would have liked to, uh, to have new people in. We were probably staying a good, you know, earliest we'd probably leave would be 1030 at night after starting the day at around 839 o'clock. If that. If that. So most days, I think at least midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock. He slept. Uh, he, he didn't even get sleep on opening night. Caleb didn't. He he pulled a 24 hour. I got wow. three hours of sleep that night. So it's, it's a lot of work that's involved in getting it up and off the ground. And we've had a couple kinks here and there and it's working out. But uh 
hopefully we'll be hitting our stride soon so that the fans get the coverage that they expected and then some. And that's not entirely true because I did get about I did get 20 minutes of sleep yeah. on the training table <laughs> uh in the locker room which was very entertaining for the players when they came in. Yeah, there was a there might be a Facebook video rolling around. There are several snoring. Facebook videos around. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys really had to hit the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to come to Stockton? Well, there's probably lots of different reasons. Uh, you know, for us as broadcasters, for a selfish reason, you take the job wherever it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so few jobs that you want to make sure that you have that job and you're starting to get that experience because there's only so much more you can do in Cincinnati and in Syracuse or wherever you might be that doesn't have a professional hockey team. I mean, it's not an NHL team. But it's a professional hockey team, and it's a very it's a very big level. It's a it's a good level of hockey here, um, and and truthfully, when I was offered the job and I looked in and I googled it, Stockton, um, one of the things that came up was how great the Stockton Thunder fans are, um, and that was a big that was a big help for me personally because I I like going I, I like interacting with fans. I'm I feel like I'm a personable person. I'm easy to talk to. Hopefully. I'd say yes on that. Hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who isn't opposed to having a beer or two with with a, a couple fans after the game and talking some hockey and and uh, kind of shooting the breeze and seeing what, what, you know, learning about them as well. I mean, I'm just as interested to learn about them as they are to talk to me about hockey or to talk to me about the team or about the guys that are in the locker room and who's the funniest. It's Kirill Kabanov, by the way. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 really rewarding to have such a great fan base here and that was a big part of coming to stockton for me uh in and out burger was right up there i think because i i had never had it before we don't have oh, it back east my. Yeah. but uh fans were number one in and out burger two it could be a closer two than you think because in and out burger is really good i've learned but right right uh for me uh the number one driving uh force behind me getting a job was uh College loans, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I knew, uh, you know, coming out of college, the job search uh, began, you know, pretty early for me. And it was, you know, kind of you send out, you know, you're applying for so many jobs and you hope you hope that you're going to find the right fit. Uh, and for me, uh, I got lucky that uh, that this hockey team ended up being the best option, uh, especially when, you know, like Brandon, I did the research and found out that, you know, this is a team that's had so much success with the community behind it. Be you look at the attendance numbers right up there in the top five of the league for, you know, all these years in a row. Uh, you look at the arena, which is this beautiful thing right on the waterfront. And then you look at the quality of, uh, of the team on the ice. Those three things were great. And everything else on top of that is just bonus. It's, uh, it's been uh, so much more fun uh, to have, you know, not just fans that attend the games, but fans that are passionate about the team. And then to also, you know, be in a city that, you know, has so much to offer. Uh, unfortunately, I've been you know so far uh, behind the desk uh, for so long in these uh, these past uh, couple weeks that I haven't gotten as much of a chance to experience the city. I've gotten out a little bit, you know, go uh, go up, uh, you know, down the Miracle Mile on Pacific Ave, go up to the malls, uh, check out a movie downtown. Which uh, you know, there's an IMAX screen down here. Like that, that for me is like something that like <laughs> haven't had, don't have those in Maine. Uh, so. It's been nice to, to kind of get into this community a little bit and uh, you know start to uh, start to find a, a little niche. You know, I've I just this past uh, two weeks uh, found a group of people to play soccer with, which was great. You know, to be able to get out there and you know play in a park and you know 
work up a little bit of a sweat at least one day a week so uh so i can stop piling on the pounds but uh it's it's definitely been uh i think a, a good a good decision on my part it's always you know it's always a little bit scary when you're making that decision to go all the way across the country i'd never been outside the east coast time zone before so this was the farthest east I'd been as I'd I'd gone to Notre Dame uh, to do uh, to do a game uh, for Syracuse, and you know that technically was not yet into the next time zone, so it was a little bit of a risk. But you know you you you, you try to make the best educated decision you can and just hope it works out. And so far it uh, it's been the right move. Caleb, when you said you this is the furthest east you've been, did you go? Sorry, that sorry, way? sorry. Furthest west, yes. Yeah. Okay. Furthest west. I was it confused. Would, it would that also. It would also the be the around. furthest east, as I've kind of stayed very narrow. Like I've yeah. been down to Florida twice, and I went to New York when I went to Syracuse, and that's like all the traveling I ever did. So. Yeah. Wow. I was Not just confused. Much. Maybe that's why you broke down four times taking the eighty-seven Pontiac east. <laughs> well, you see, that's a far trip. You see, when you take that bridge that goes across the ocean, like there's no gas stations. Yeah, like. It's- it's tough. I was the lucky Mackinac, I got so much the good gas. The doesn't go across the, 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 <laughs> continent, the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's funny how that works. So, guys, uh, in the uh, in the, the prior regime with the Stockton Thunder, if I remember right, there's only one guy behind the mic. And it's uh, it's very cool that uh, Stockton has a uh, an official announcer and an official color guy. Uh, tell me what that means for for folks that may not be familiar with the term to have a color commentator and uh, and and if you will give us a give us maybe a demonstration of what that means too. All right. Well, uh, as as the play by play guy, the idea is to stay with the play, uh, especially when you look at uh, there being you know both a video feed of all the Thunder games, but also you know the radio and the online uh, internet audio feed. So you're kind of in two minds. You're trying to describe the game well enough so that the person just listening at home can picture it completely in their mind's eye. And it's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, and if you don't believe me, try to have someone close uh, close their eyes if you're at home and you know describe what you're doing as you walk around you know your living room or outside and see if that person can picture it. Uh, so there's a lot of details to give and it's very difficult to do that and stay with the play because everything's happening in a split second, you've got to be on top of it. Yeah, this isn't baseball, so you have to be it's a lot <laughs> quicker in, in hockey. If you ever listen to baseball announcers, a lot of times you'll get the, Here's uh, the pitch, the wind up. Here's the pitch. And it's just a bit outside. Yep. All exactly one. So it's a lot quicker and so it, you have to you have to stay on top of it. And Caleb does a great job doing that. And then color wise, uh, you know, it's Brandon's job to be able to come in and hit those anecdotes. If I, you know, go over a play, you know, I might describe, you know, well, the Bucks chipped up the far boards, out into neutral ice, and, you know, and the Thunder take over. We get the stoppage in play. Brandon can come back and, you know, talk about how, what a great diving effort that was from Matt Berglund to sacrifice the body, get down low, block a shot, and get that one out to neutral ice. Like, that's... That's the kind of thing that he can come back over the top with and just give that extra level of information and description. It's a little bit different. You're watching for a little bit different stuff when you're doing color commentating. And I should say that I've mostly done play-by-play. I've only done a little bit of color, and it's completely it's completely different the way you prepare and the way you're actually going to talk. I'm not following the play as much as Caleb would. What I'd be looking for is if there's any interesting things that are happening behind the play. If two players are getting into it, and you notice uh, you notice players that are that are chirping at each other, or you notice uh, maybe a uh, a really good play as as a diving diving play or a block shot. 
that was really big on a power play or on a penalty kill, excuse me. That's what I'm looking for so that when there's that break in the action, I can go back and break that down and have at least some semblance of experience playing higher levels of hockey uh, and be able to, to tell fans why this was a good play. We can say, oh, Berglund took a, you know, blocked the shot and dove to keep the puck out of the zone. And that gives the fans exactly what they want. They, they now know that Berglund had blocked the shot. He dove to push the puck out of the zone. But then if you combine that with, that was a key block because one of the defensemen didn't have a stick and now he had enough time to go and, and get a change and now the, the Thunder have their fourth penalty killer back on with a stick. Something like that just adds the experience. So when you're making that picture in your mind, you now know Matt Berglund blocked the shot. He had poked the puck up. The defenseman, let's just say it was Nathan Deck, ran to the bench, sprinted to the bench as quickly as he possibly could, and Mike Dahlhusen came on with a fresh stick, and they have their four penalty killers ready to go. Uh, and that's what a color guy can do. Whereas someone like Caleb, if he's by himself, he's got to focus mostly on the action that's happening. So let's give you an example. Uh, early in the season, uh, probably our favorite goal was from Brandon's new favorite guy, uh, Kirill Kobanov, the, uh, the young Russian from Moscow. Uh, had a nice play that went a little bit something like this. Channing Bow for Utah in the far corner. He'll play it up the near side boards out to neutralize. Trapped down there by Corey Torino. Backhands to Kabanov in over the blue line. Makes a move around Jamison in on goal alone. Fakes to the far side. He scores. Kirill Kabanov with an amazing move to the back post. And he slides it in over the goal line. This kid is absolutely amazing. The puck is just glued to his stick. He had faked the goaltender Dell completely out of his boots and then pulled the puck over to the side and just slipped it into the open net. Beautiful goal by the Russian and the celebration at the end. He did a little Felino hop. He gave a nice bow to the crowd at the end as well. Oh my, the young magician from Moscow. How much does he have in his bag of tricks? It's 2 nothing Thunder. Like it goes that. a little something like that. Wow, like that. just a little something oh. like that. I got chills, and I'm actually looking around for my horn that I faithfully bring with me to every Thunder game because when you call goal, I wanted to blow the horn. Well, so, you can always add that in post. <laughs> there you go. Editor's, editor's mark. Great. Well, um, wow. that was exciting. It That's was an goal. exciting goal. You can thank Kirill Kabanov. We only can we can only make Love things that. exciting when uh, when they are exciting and, and uh, having players like him and Andrew Clark and Ryan Hayes and of course Garrett Hunt always makes things interesting. So it's uh, it's great to to have those guys. They without them we would not have anything interesting to say. I gotta say we've been a little bit spoiled for choice here in the first couple games. You know our first game that we're calling regular season contest and 37 seconds in. We get a goal from Garrett Hunt, the captain. I mean, that's just the perfect start to it. And we've had some great goals. You know, Kabanov has provided uh, several dazzling moves. Ryan Hayes in that same game, you know, bumping a puck out of midair with his shoulder and then batting it down out of midair for a goal. You don't get much better hand-eye coordination type skills other than that. We've seen so many spinorama no-look passes. This team has been playing with such a high level of skill. It just makes the game's fun to call you're not digging for information to try and liven up you know a neutral ice dump and chase type of game you know we're just you know having fun just laying out and you know calling the action that we see in front of us because it speaks for itself we've yeah. got 
very creative playmaker. And, and a little love to our goaltenders too, who also make sure that they're keeping everything uh, everything out of the net. So they've been doing a really good job so far. Both of us have played goalies, so we probably ought to do a little bit better job of that. You know, giving the props. To... Brian Foster got two first stars. He's good. <laughs> He's getting his props. So let us know a couple things that you like about Stockton. What things have stood out for you, or what are some of your already favorite things to do? All right. Um, we stayed for the first couple days at the University Plaza Waterfront Hotel. We really enjoy that. Um, my first experience at any restaurant or any place was at the Del, at Del Bistro, which is there, which is now our official party thing. So I know that everyone's going to say like, oh, you're just doing this because they're a sponsor. I'm really not. I actually really enjoy their food. It's a really nice bar. They have an awesome little courtyard that's out there. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. It was my first time ever having a... Uh, I had Lagunitas IPA, which I thought was really good. Um, that was that was pretty tasty. I went to Valley Brew. Valley Brew is a real nice place. I will say that my only my real disappointment was that I I'm I'm spoiled being from Cincinnati. We have lots of local breweries in Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati is real interesting. I'm giving you a history lesson. You're gonna have to edit this out too. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you, so Cincinnati is real cool because. During Prohibition, we have this little area called Over the Rhine. And Over the Rhine is a big German heritage place. There's a lot of German immigrants that were there. And before Prohibition, at one point in time, in a little two-mile radius of this, this Over the Rhine area, there was 80 different breweries operating in, one, in, in that two miles. Now, a couple years ago, it, it kind of turned into Section 8 housing and or Section 9 housing. I don't know which, which section it is, but it's one of the section housing. And uh, a lot District of 12. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of crime, uh, you know, similar similar problems that I, I've I've heard about that happened in Stockton. And also when I was in Tampa, they had a place called Ybor City, which I think is very similar. Ybor City is a Cuban immigrant uh, area. Really awesome. And then and now what they're doing is they're they've upped the uh, the the police force that's there. Um, they're making it a destination for people to go to now. So whereas Five years ago, we would have been terrified to go down there that you might get into gang activity or anything like that. We're now like super excited because there's all kinds of fun little bars and restaurants that are there. It's not too far from the arena and you can take a little bus trip down. Uh, so it's, it's really fun. It's a fun little area. So one of the things in Stockton that I was looking for was local breweries. It's something that my girlfriend and I both share a passion for is, is beer and we love trying local stuff. And I was really disappointed that Valley Brew does not brew anything anymore. Um, so I, I'd heard that Lodi has a brew pub or a brewery, and uh, it's on my list. I have a, I have a very big list. Of you have a list? What's, yeah. What else is on your list? Can you share that? Habanero Hots, I think. That's up in Lodi. We, you, you'll learn. Uh, some of us Stockton Thunder employees like really, really, really spicy food. Uh, president, team president, Brian Sandy is famous for bringing in his salsas or his, um, he brought me an entire bag of dried ghost peppers. Um, we also had some, well, we've had a couple other things, some jalapeno pesto sauce that he had made. So we like the two of us in particular love really, really spicy food. So I hear habanero hots make some pretty hot stuff. So that's on my list of stuff to do. French 25 is an awesome place uh, like that. Casey's Hot Dogs, we, that was my first lunch out with the boys. 
Casey's hot dogs is really good. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been really fun. I mean, I I actually just asked a very similar question to Garrett Hunt um, for the Stockton Travel Guide, and he had very similar answers. I mean, the the thing the thing that he said that struck out that's that stood out to me was he's been here for six years and yet he's still exploring Stockton, still finding new things all the time, and that's what's awesome to me is that it's. It's finding those hole-in-the-wall places. It's finding those mom-and-pop places. It's finding the local stuff. The thing, the, the culture of Stockton is what I want. I don't, as much as I love In-N-Out Burger, and I probably need to try Del Taco while I'm out here, it's chain restaurants. You don't get the same feel if you go to the French 25s and the El, uh, El Rancho, I think, the Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's quite a few places that I, I need to get out to. Uh, da Vinci's Delicatessen and uh, Departia's. A couple, couple people that uh, that work with us in the Thunder. Uh, I know that the boys had had their food. I really wanted to have some of their food, but they <laughs> ate all of their food, so I didn't get to try their food. So my list has a lot of the people that uh, a lot of the the good smelling food that we've had on here. But I'm always open. So if someone has an idea, shoot it, shoot it to me on Twitter or something like that, and and uh, maybe we'll go and catch a catch a beer and a meal or something like that. So. Uh, for me, uh, some of the things I've really enjoyed uh, are in a similar vein, you know, getting out and experiencing some of the local restaurants. Uh, my favorite so far, I think, has to be Grumpy's, actually. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The old, the old Kinders, uh, just for the barbecue over there and, you know, the sandwiches especially. I get That's a good yeah. sandwich over there. Some great chicken salad on the side. Yeah. I mean, Our equipment manager, Corby Antropic, he, he suggests every day to go to lunch there. So every single day I ask him where he wants to go to lunch and he goes... Let's go to Grumpy's. And it's like, we just had Grumpy's, but it's really good. Okay, I'll go. Says so. the guy who's been to the Hawaiian barbecue place the last five days in a row or something like that. Yeah, Hawaiian barbecue is pretty legit, too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some of the other things I'm still uh, very excited uh, to try out. I got to say, I was so disappointed when I found out a couple days before I left that the California Cougars did not exist. I'm actually uh, a big indoor soccer fan uh, from last year. When I uh, when I was the play-by-play guy for a team while I was at SU, uh, so I had so much fun doing that. I was you know really excited to see some soccer, and then found out they were no longer around. So that was a bit disappointing. I still also am very excited to go to a Sonic. That may seem like a very small goal, but in New England there aren't no Sonics, and I'm still getting those commercials with those <laughs> awesome-looking you know hot dogs and cheese-filled tater tots and those. Half price shakes and all this stuff. I'm just like, come on! So there are no Casey's. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right I now. There are no. Do Casey's. not spoil Sonic for me, okay? I'm a man of humble means. I just want. I just want to try Sonic, and I'll make up my mind. You're gonna get a slushy, right? At the very least. I, I'm gonna get like one of everything. When if I you say one go. of everything, you know and it's I, like a million combinations. I know. Of those I know. Slushies. I know. And I know it's right nearby. Like it's not even that far away. Mm. And I did attempt uh, when I went and picked up my girlfriend uh, from the airport uh, in Sacramento, coming back. I was like, all right, now's the time. Let's go to Sonic. I couldn't find it. So I pulled I pulled in the Trinity Parkway Mall, and I was like driving around in a circle. I was like, where? I know end. it's here. I've seen it. End. So I feel like it's, you know, that, that illusionary castle in the sky for me right now. Oh, it exists. I'll eventually down. get there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, other than that, it's just been, you know, kind of fun uh, getting out. Uh, you know, after a very long day of work uh, with, you know, some of the people from the office, we've gone over, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or BJ's, uh, 
just you know relax and you know get to enjoy you know some of the local fans. You see all you know the the Oakland A's fans that were out in force uh, when they were making their playoff run. Uh, and I did, uh, I've enjoyed, you know, seeing a little bit of the, of the downtown center, uh, as well with the movie theater down there, uh, went and saw Rush, which I was very, uh, very excited for as an auto racing fan. And, uh, I was quite impressed, you know, with this beautiful, you know, thing right downtown that I wouldn't have known was there until, you know, you're around that one corner and there's mm-hmm. this big complex. Yeah. So, uh, it's been nice. I like that, you know, kind of thing when you're just exploring a city and you come across something new <coughs> almost every day. I still... I have a goal of like I need to drive, you know, like east and west across March Lane and Hammer Lane and you know just, you know, take it easy and make sure, you know, that I'm noticing all the things that are there as opposed to what I normally do which is oh gosh, I got 5 minutes to rush to the nearest place, get back to the office and take care of more work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh those are things that are uh, that are on uh on my to-do list and I got to say the last thing, I'm always in search of the perfect Chinese restaurant. So I, I've had a couple. I've tried a couple around here. If anyone has any suggestions, I'm very open to finding that spectacular Chinese place. Please shoot me suggestions on Twitter at Caleb Lamb Tweet, and I will be forever grateful if you lead me <laughs> to the correct place. I was told Domo today. Is that a Chinese or Japanese? Uh, Japanese. Japanese. Okay. Yeah. That's you want to do Unlock Sam, Dave Wong's, Yen Du, Yen Ching? I think I've been to Dave Wong's. I'm pretty sure. Where is that one? March Lane and I five. Yeah, okay. I've been to that one. Yeah, that one. Stop talking so fast. I need some time to pull out a pen or something. I'll send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> All what right. Should, what should be on our list? Well, I will tell you that uh, we have we have reviewed quite a few restaurants here uh, on, on the show, and we all have our our favorites. But I'll say uh, only because you mentioned In and Out, um, the big one that's missing from your list, and I know your guys at the place know about it. Flips, the best burger in town. All right, I've been. Flips Burger is the best Flips. burger in town. Yeah. It's worth the drive, no matter where you are. It's in right Northern by California. Finnegan's, right on Pacific. Not even no. close. No, not I'm close. not even close. It's on the east side. Okay. It's on the east side. Finnegan's is uh, is the bar you have to go to if you haven't been there, and they have great food too. But if you want the best burger in town, you got to go to Flips. Okay. The flips. Yep. Google it. I've heard it. East side best burger in town. I'm, I, I'm supposed to take my intern to lunch on Wednesday, and I think that's where he'd like to go is Flips. So I small, might be, that might be coming sooner. Small joint. Don't go at noon. You'll never get a seat. We really do. We really do need to take our intern over there. And it leads me to a good point that I would be remiss if we didn't mention. We've had so much help from people, you know, since we've gotten here to get settled. It's been so awesome to have, you know, the the Thunder front office. The players have been great. Everyone's made the transition so much easier uh, and so much more fun when you've got, you know, a lot of new people, but also a lot of people that are old hands at this uh, with the organization uh, that you know can just show you the ropes a little bit and also you know help ease your way in a little bit. It was definitely you know kind of a get thrown in the deep end and swim really, <laughs> learn how to swim really fast uh, type of situation. But it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of help. Our interns especially, they've been great. Uh, and uh, I don't think things would be going as smoothly as they uh, as they are right now if uh, if we didn't have a, a lot more help uh, from people that go even more unnoticed than we do sometimes. Okay, well, Caleb Lamb and Brandon Kisker from Stock and Thunder, thanks so much for coming in and uh, spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been a lot of fun. And so this is Christmas. I hope you have fun. The near and the dear one. The old and the young. Merry Christmas
my earliest memories uh, in Stockton when I was a kid all center around this time of year, the, the Christmas season. Um, certainly the, uh, the lights, the Christmas lights on Lincoln. I don't know if they were, I think it was on Lincoln back then even. But uh, do you remember, and I think you lived in that neighborhood too, I didn't, Christmas lights? I didn't live in that neighborhood, but um, I was very familiar with that neighborhood. It was the Parkwoods neighborhood. Yeah. And it was called, um, and at least my family called it Christmas Tree Lane. Oh, yeah. Let's go see the lights over on Christmas Tree Lane. Yeah, and every every city claimed to have claimed to have their own Christmas Tree Lane. Nobody, I think, does it like, um, well, now I would say Meadow, mm-hmm. um, that community right off of Pershing, mm-hmm. just um, just north of Lincoln, I guess. That that's Christmas tree lane. That's every year. Can't wait to bring the kids out to see the to see the lights out there. I actually, uh, my sister lives in that neighborhood. She lives uh, right off of Meadow, and so I mean, when you think about moving there, you better think about whether you want to participate yeah, in that if you're because or not. yeah, it's game on. So yeah. you, I mean, the day after Thanksgiving. You know, she's out there, you know, getting the lights up and, and, you know, it's not just throwing up a few lights. No, you got to get all Clark W. Griswold. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But at the same time, it's so much fun because when we, she has parties where, I mean, people come over and to walk the, we, you know, call it walking the hood. We walk the neighborhood and, and the, the cars are slowed down to a crawl and, and it's just great to be out there walking around and seeing all the lights. There's uh, some one house on Alexandria. They have a band. They are out in their driveway with a full on band playing, you know, Christmas music. And people are standing around caroling. And I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, that is Christmas Tree Lane um, Meadow. We've always we were our kids were really little. We would take them over and take their cousins and go Christmas caroling to some of the houses over there and. And uh, look back now, and it wasn't as it seems like it gets busier and busier and busier it every does. year. But it is crazy. But yeah, you can't live there without uh, without without contributing. Greg, I'm sure you've spent time. I mean, you had to have spent time going down that street during uh, during the holiday season. I uh, I love Christmas decorations, and uh, it is a good spot to go to. Um, I like Christmas music, and you talked about caroling. Um, I love Christmas music. Ask me, ask me how many Christmas songs I have on my uh, iTunes list. Uh, how many? Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm quickly approaching 300. Do you leave them on your, on wow. your, like you leave them on your phone all year long? No, oh, okay. they do not get put on my phone until after Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. And then I Thank think you. the farthest I will go with keeping them is to about King's Day, which is in January. I think like the first or second week. I don't remember when, wow. but. That might be the longest that uh, that I will keep Christmas music on, but I don't like hearing it before Thanksgiving. I, no. I appreciate that about you. I I don't like to start the Christmas until the Thanksgiving is over. I know. I don't know. Am I am I the lone wolf on that, or no, what do you I think? No, I agree. Not? No way. I don't. I get it out of get your Christmas out of my Thanksgiving. And Amen. I, uh, I, I don't mind. Uh, I like Christmas music. In fact, um, one of my favorite uh, Christmas albums of all time is Gary Huey's. Um, Christmas Rocks, which is a bunch of, it's hard rock, heavy metal style guitar Christmas music, and I can listen to that all year round. I uh, I have uh, like I have a lot of Christmas music, so there are not 300 Christmas songs out there, so I have a lot of different versions of the same thing. Um, but one of my favorite um, collections is uh, Doctor Demento. 
Oh, you are kidding me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dr. Nemento sings the hits. I mean, it's it's a whole bunch of things. I have uh, Cheech and Chong singing about oh, yeah. Santa Claus. Nice. I have these two guys who do their own version of 12 Days of Christmas and a beer. Oh, you're a connoisseur. Nothing you're a beats connoisseur uh, the Redneck music. 12 Days of Christmas by Jeff Foxworth. <laughs> I don't think I have that <laughs> one. Either. I have a Frank Sinatra um, selection. I think I've got a couple Elvis um, Christmas songs. Um, what my actual favorite one, and this is this is probably a good Stockton memory. Uh, me and my sister were little kids, and we were at McDonald's with my dad. Because your mom was busy, so your dad took you to McDonald's. Uh, I come from a broken home. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we, we all do, Greg. You're not cornering the market on that. So uh, we were at McDonald's, and they had uh, a little CD on the counter for sale with Christmas music. Oh. And to this day, that CD has my favorite versions of Christmas. And it's, it has a, a bunch of artists like, uh, I think it's Stephen Bishop, um, the oh, Commodores. Uh, I think there's... Um, Willie, uh, uh, Willie, Willie smokes a lot. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Um, <laughs> great cue. No, yeah. there's, there's, there's just a ton of like really great versions of Christmas songs on there. That's a treasure. Um, and it's me and my sister's favorite. Um, I think when we grew up, uh, fortunately, we got technology that let us take a disc and make a copy of it. So we both have. You know, and I have it now digitally. Yeah. But that's still my favorite playlist right there of, of my that's 300 cool. plus Christmas songs. So it's like dozen plus 18 songs are my favorite versions of it. That's wow. a cool thing to have. Did you guys ever um, do caroling or sing in a Christmas pageant? Uh, I think in um, elementary school, I think I used to sing in the choir and they'd have a little Christmas program or play the flute and there was a Christmas program. Oh, yeah, when you thing. would fake it. I was faking it, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Uh-huh. It was Millie Vanilli. A recent episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was singing for real, though, in the choir. I was I, I was one of that. the Three Kings and we, we Three Kings of Oriental. Nice. Wow. Score. How about so you? So that's always a favorite song. No? Nope. You dodge that bullet, I'm huh? I'm not talented enough. I doubt that. You don't have to be talented when you're a kid. No. You're cute. I know, but I'm even <laughs> so far not cute. Talent talented. is not part of the equation no. <laughs> at all. Have you been to a kid's music program? Yeah. Uh, of course. I've been, to many. I've been to plenty of my children's for sure. And they're talented. They're yeah. cute. They're very cute. That's what you say. They were cute. They were cute. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I, I really like, uh, I don't know how long they've been doing it, but the last several years is the Lighted Boat Parade. Yes. Um, which was recently. And... Um, uh, that's always we've been out there in cold weather and we've been out there in cold wet rainy weather and uh, it's always it, you know it doesn't matter we we always go out there it's it's pretty cool to see the boats yeah I mean if you're living here on the on the delta you know that's pretty that's a pretty cool thing to have the the lighted boat parade this year is its 34th anniversary oh wow I've only so, been going for maybe six or seven years been around for a long time that is put on by the yacht good club good for them yeah. More, I think more than seven years ago, I didn't want to go downtown at night. Maybe that was it. <laughs> One time, uh, I actually watched it from the parking lot at the Stockton Golf and Country Club. That is another vantage point. Oh, yeah. Just so you know. There you go. Mm-hmm. Good views. Yeah. Yeah, and the only thing I try to do during the holidays is after, from about a week before Thanksgiving until the end of the end of December, I don't go within um, a half a mile of the malls. 
Yeah, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Have I don't know if this is probably not a relevant question uh, for you guys, but have have you ever uh, been invited to say a cookie party, a holiday cookie party? Are you familiar with that that uh, concept? Uh, cookie party? I, yeah. I'm aware there's a group of ladies at at my place of employment who do it, and yeah. I do know there was this one male teacher who was very interesting individual not 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 enough for do it he's just a very colorful individual yeah and uh he would go to them too and yeah. uh, i would hear about these these stories of the cookie parties well it, it's bake cookies no no, no it's cookies. not yeah it, it it's one of those things that it could be the best of times it could be the worst of times because here's the concept you're supposed to come to the party and bring like 12 dozen cookies Everybody is. Everybody brings twelve dozen cookies. So everybody leaves with a, 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 a cookies. different twelve dozen. So the the good news is that you're going to walk away with you know twelve dozen cookies to distribute amongst your friends and family. But the bad news is you're going to bake twelve dozen cookies. Yeah. Yeah. That right there might be why I've never been to a cookie party. <laughs> well, I just was hopeful that perhaps you, you know, you you men folk had had to, you no. know, participate in such a thing. No. I've been to, uh, there's a friend of mine in Sacramento who, um, I used to go up there for a really, um, I can't use any of the correct adjectives. You were sitting really around great, reading scriptures type really of party? Really great <laughs> white elephant party oh those are fun i mean just like yeah you get some really great <laughs> memories from from them just the the very yeah. interesting and colorful gifts that will go and then seeing which ones are the yeah. ones that are most stolen and so you I, I, every year i went i was like okay i'm gonna get the one that gets taken up to the limit of the number of takes that you can do yeah so that, those are fun now see i think that is a much better alternative than a cookie party oh the yeah. white elephant party yeah I like Especially that if they're adult themed. Oh, <laughs> but the other, but the adult themed's fun. But the other kind of white elephant party that's a blast is to have one after Christmas. Yes. Your worst, the gift you have to get rid of. So not gag gifts like the wonderful gag white elephant. But just that stupid gift that everybody yeah. has to get. When everybody has one you have to get rid of. I think that sounds like a fun thing to do between you know Christmas and New Year's because you know there's the letdown. I mean after Christmas you're just like. It's uh, you're just you're worn out, but that would be a fun type of party to have. Bring your uh, scary gift. We're actually going to take that, me and Missy, because we're having a, a friend's open house between oh, Christmas yeah. and New Year's. You nice. may have seen something about that, and uh, I think we're going to use that. Yeah, get rid of your uh, regift. It's the regift white elephant. Love it. Yeah, we're going to do that. I think that's good. I have uh, when it comes to gifts, I actually have a weird. Uh, kind of I like obviously I'm like all Christmas you know I love Christmas go Christmas ornaments and decorations and um, Christmas music and I'll tell you the truth I I I really dislike the gift part of Christmas I'm kind of a Scrooge in that area yeah there have been a number of years that I've told my family don't buy me something because I'm not gonna buy you anything (laughs) (laughs) and you know they don't buy me something, uh, or sometimes they'll buy me something, but uh, I, I I don't know. I I don't like that part of Christmas that much. Yeah. I like I like the the festive festivities part of it. I like uh, the, the family part of it. Mm. You know, but uh, I don't know. But the shopping and the wrapping, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's and it certainly has gotten more commercial. That's why I I really like Thanksgiving, but uh, uh, it is a little. 
does become stressful if you focus only on the presence, but it can be fun to get stuff too. <laughs> All right. So uh, hopefully um, everybody has their shopping done and they're not like me and wait until the last minute to get Are you the last minute done. guy? Are you out there like on Christmas Eve? I'm not on out there on Christmas Eve, but I yeah. am uh, a week or so before just mm-hmm. tying up loose ends. But uh, hopefully, I mean, I might, I justify it and say that I can, under pressure, I get it, I get it done faster. But it's always fun to buy for, for some people during the year, but um, I always end up waiting and getting the last couple of things. Yeah, I've never been that advanced. Oh, my shopping's done in October. Yeah, no. No way. No way. So, on gifting, gift cards, yay or nay? Well, I find that, you know, now that my children are, you know, in their teens and and such that really it's just a lot easier and what they want more is is just the cash. You know, the cash or the gift cards. I mean, I hate to do that cuz I want it to be more personal and but um so many times it's a swing and a miss and and really they just they love to have the cash and then go out the day after and hit the sales and buy what they want. So yeah. Yeah, I we give our kids cash. I mean, and cash and cash like prizes, um, yeah, because <laughs> it's easier than they get what they want. But for other people, you know, if I, you know, buying for a random family member, I don't, I don't do gift cards. I don't mind getting gift cards, but uh, I do like the personal gifts. You get more bang for your buck with a personalized, but it does take more time. And some people like greenbacks. Well, you know, it never goes out of style. That's right. It always fits. Single favorite. Christmas memory in Stockton. Oh, I remember one year, um, and I must have been maybe nine or ten, so I was still hanging on to the believe it in Santa Claus, or or was maybe getting to that. I'm not so sure. And uh, was celebrating at my aunt's house on Christmas Eve, which was when we traditionally opened our presents. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and no one's expecting anyone else. And uh, I think I may have even opened the door and the Santa Claus was at the front door with an elf. Shut the front door. I did not. I opened up the front door and in came Santa. And it, you could tell like even the grownups were surprised and kind of at first didn't, you know, even know, you know, who Santa was. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Having Santa do you come to your house. That, it was Santa. Right. Clearly. The magic of Matt? Santa. Matt, favorite yeah, Stockton. I, I will say, as a, as a, as a parent, that's, Christmas is more fun as a parent. Similar uh, story that we had, with air quotes, hired a Santa Claus for a private family function with a, uh, all of the kids in the family and our extended families um, a couple weeks before Christmas many years ago, because many of them are going to be away at other things. We want to get all the kids together. And we were taking, everybody was taking pictures of the Santa and um, I hadn't talked to the Santa at all during the evening. And when he was walking out, um, I tried to tip him and cause he does this for free. And he said he, he doesn't accept tips. He's Santa Claus. Wow. And uh, I said, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And I shook his hand and said, thanks for coming. And he said, no, thank you, Matt actually called me Matthew and he said um it's good to see you've been doing well wow and he walked away and I was like I never told him my name 
It never came up. He would have had no reason to know my name, but he knew my name. Because uh, he's Santa. It's because he was Santa. And of course you don't tip Santa. Well, I, I didn't know that. Um, but that uh, that one, every time I think about it, I get chills. I'm like, that was that was pretty random. That's like a, it's a wonderful life story. Totally. Yeah. I wish we had ended with your story. <laughs> Uh-oh, what was, what's yours, Greg? <laughs> mine doesn't have to do with Santa. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mine, mine, mine actually is a, probably a sin upon Santa. Me and my sister were partners in crime at a certain age in our life. And we uh, snuck into my parents' room where they were hiding all the presents, which were carefully wrapped, which we then carefully unwrapped to see what they are and then carefully rewrapped them however we must not have done a good job because we got caught oh wait correction my sister got caught and it wasn't until adulthood that i copped to my participation in the crime and the statute of limitation had expired but my sister took the fall for me on that christmas and never ratted me out isn't that kind of, I mean, doesn't, isn't that kind of the worst though? Because I did that one year. I, I sneaked and looked at the presents. It's like the worst Christmas ever having to sit there and pretend to be excited. And then you know what all the stuff is. And I mean, it was, I thought it was a huge bummer, huge bummer to have, to have peaked. I was yeah. just glad they didn't take my presents back. Oh, they took your sister's presents back? Uh, if they didn't, they certainly threatened to. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Harsh. Well, the, the season is upon us, and uh, we wish um, everybody happy uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas and all that good stuff, and hopefully you spend time with your family and your loved ones doing all the things you love to do and eat all the food you like to eat and get all the gifts you like to give. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And so this is Christmas. For weak and for strong For rich and the poor The world is so wrong And so happy Christmas For black and for white For yellow and red ones Let's stop Thanks for listening to Podcast Stockton. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call us on our listener line at 565-3229 or email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. Thanks again to Brandon Kisker and Caleb Lamb from the Stockton Thunder for joining us on today's episode. Of course, you can get all the Stockton Thunder info you ever wanted and more by visiting stockandthunder.com. We'll have links in the show notes at podcaststockton.com to all the things we mentioned on today's show. And until next time, make it great, Stockton. Stockton.